Welcome to the Bardcast. It's Shakespeare, you dick. <laughs> I don't know. I was wow. So angry about that today. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's that. We're your host. That's Lisa N. Goldsmith, and I'm Owen Thompson. You know the drill, but Jesus Christ, woman! It's been a crazy week. I understand. Listen, I'm going to brag on you, and and this is one of the reasons why it's been a crazy week, especially for you. Lisa N. is uh, is teaching a Shakespeare class on the university level. Yeah, not the first time, but this is at Point Park Conservatory of the Performing Arts, which is where I got my master's degree. Yeah, alma mater and shit. My alma mater and shit. So, yeah, I'm teaching uh, juniors and seniors acting for Shakespeare, you dick. (laughs) And actually, the first thing when I was introducing myself, I told them about the podcast and I said the name and they all like surprisingly cracked up like they were surprised that they were laughing. And then Mm -hmm. I told them the story and they loved it. So. Well, again, the, the, I, obviously we are proponents of the. this is the entree into Shakespeare, right? Clearly. The and, which is and not, a, not a bad segue, considering what our topic of the day is. That's right, friends. Uh, this episode is coming, farting, pissing, shitting, barfing Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to all go home and say that five times fast. No, I'm kidding. So, yeah, we, you know, we, we were, we, as you can imagine, we sit around and we talk, what the hell should our next topic be? And and we thought, well, what about, you know, bodily fluids and, and the things that ooze out of us and that kind of thing. And there's a there are a number of references in Shakespeare, who was a dirty minded son of a bitch. And so uh, that's one this of our episode, favorite things about him. <laughs> thus, the, thus, this episode was born. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think we should start by saying, which some of our listeners may know, we've talked a little bit about it before that, you know, back then they believed in the four humors. Right. Blood signified yes. passion and youthfulness. Phlegm was like apathy and cowardice. Yellow bile was anger and irritability and black bile signified melancholy. Right. So like Hamlet is kind of a black bile kind of guy. Well, that's why they call him the melancholy Dane. That's right. That's right. So that's where it all comes from. But do you, where do you think we should start with farting? <laughs> I'm sorry, well, you guys. I, I am clearly going to be laughing through this whole episode because I'm just a little waka waka. <laughs> it's all it's all good. It's all. Although I'm glad you're not. You you've come down from that anger at the top of the show. I was a little worried. Right. Yes, but now I'm, we're good. We're good, we're right? We're, we're good. good. Okay, yeah. good. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I guess the, the, not. Not. I don't mean to make this a disclaimer or anything, but obviously we've had other episodes where we have talked about, um, you know, uh, off-color or dirty references in Shakespeare, the smut, if you will. Uh, and this episode is not is not focused on in a general sense on smut. We're we're specifically talking about uh, emissions. Right. Coming, farting, pissing, shitting and barfing. (laughs) Right. At what Lisa said. Exactly. Uh, So these are these are the things, these specific references. So, yeah, I mean, by all means, you want to start with farting by all means. What do you got? Well, so so, you know, in my research for this, there are scholars that believe that that little interaction between Hamlet and Polonius is about a fart when Polonius in uh, Act 2, Scene 2, lines 388 to 391, Polonius says, the actors have come hither, my lord. And Hamlet says, bzz, bzz. 
And Polonius says, upon my mine honor. And Hamlet said, then came each actor on his ass. And they think that the bzz, bzz is uh, like a like a raspberry it's sound. A, far, that, a fart noise. That's a fart joke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm going to go with that on the on the provide. Like uh, you know, uh, well, listen. As we have often said, if you think it is a dirty joke in Shakespeare, it is. That's right. And that's that's I think proven pretty much ten times out of ten. So you know, why why not? Uh, absolutely, and it makes sense because Hamlet's now, just fucking with Polonius. Now, I I actually have I have read some people, some people, if you will forgive the the phrase, smell a fart. In the uh, in the phrase, uh, the famous phrase, "blow winds and crack your cheeks," I kind of don't think so. I don't think so either. I mean, I can see why people would say that, but it doesn't. It doesn't emotionally make sense in that moment. To it me. doesn't. It does. It's totally off. I mean, obviously, it's a titanically emotional moment in King Lear, and I. That's the kind of the one place where. I can think of in Shakespeare that you you could just by the words themselves you can see blow winds and you got a cheeks reference crack right yeah, yeah. there's a crack yeah. but I just I, I I think I mean maybe Shakespeare being the dirty minded son of a bitch that he was might have snickered a little bit when he wrote it but I I don't think that's a fart reference yeah I I don't uh, I I would tend to agree with you Owen on on the other hand much much more directly and much more and much more early in shakespeare's career uh in, and one of the most well known is uh, the fart reference in uh comedy of errors oh the, my god the, yes the two the two dromeo Dr- um is one dromeo is trying to get into the house where the other dromeo has locked the door and uh one dromeo says a man may break a word with you sir and words are but wind uh, and the other Dromeo replies, "I and break it in your face, so he break it not behind." <laughs> and I mean, come on. And actually, when I, funny. I when I played Dromeo of Syracuse years ago, our director, the dear departed Warren Kelly, uh, actually turned that scene into a farting contest. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was. Wait, uh, were, were you it was guys? Broad. Was that on your special skills? Were you able to actually fart on cue? Uh, well, you know, it wasn't exactly like we had to, we, we just, you know, we made the noises and pretended we were farting. It was, it was Jeff Talbot who was, uh, Dromeo oh, yes. in that production. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh wait a minute. Yep, this yep. is at Iverton. It was. It I was saw indeed. that. Did you? Oh my yes, God. So many years ago. I, did. I know it was a yeah. million years ago. Yeah. But that, 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 that reference is so direct that you can actually make a farting contest out of that scene. Yeah. Oh, t- yeah. That that would make total sense to me. Um, something that I really like a, a favorite R gag of mine is is just the fact that in Measure for Measure he names the pimp Pompey. His last name is Bum. <laughs> and, you know. Yes. You know, and Pompey he, Bum. Yeah, Pompey Bum, and he's he's kind of an ass, right? And he's also said to be a fellow with a really large rear end. So <laughs> I just think that's really funny. <laughs> Yeah, my fit. You know, there. I think we were talking about this. I, I've I've done measure. I've I've uh, you know I've directed it, and then I saw a production of it in which uh, they turned Pompey into a really kind of scary character because he's you know I mean he he certainly could be portrayed as a pimp, and he was in this production, but he, and and he was funny, but the guy was like deadly serious like sometimes, threatening. and it was like yeah, like threatening, and it really worked. It really worked. I, I can totally see how it would. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm going to give a little 
a little farting love to a character who is has actually received quite a bit of uh quite a bit of of nasty words from you and I the clown in Othello which is one of the most unfunny <laughs> clowns ever written and is almost always cut but I will say this in Othello there's some in the scene that you is almost always cut the musicians are performing and the clown says are these I pray you wind instruments and the first musician says, I marry, are they, sir? And the clown says, oh, thereby hangs a tail. Whereby hangs a tail, sir? Marry, sir, meant by many a wind instrument that I know. So the tail the clown is speaking of is the ass. That's right. right. And the clown means that the ass is a the wind farting, instrument right. and the fart is the music. So even though that's not particularly funny, at least it's a fart, like a direct fart reference. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm, um, I'm going to give it up for the clown and Othello to that extent. Yes, yes. I, I will give that up as well. Um, I do have a funny little story that I found in my research, though, that in in Shakespeare's lifetime, like the most famous, like real fart situation um, was in 1607, Sir Henry Ludlow came into the House of Commons and just let one rip. And so somebody started writing a poem called, quote, the fart censured in the Parliament House, which is about Ludlow cracking one off. And it's been a poem that circulates in manuscript. And then people were adding more and more fart gags to it over and over, which I just love. I'm just I'm I'm you so made the, uh, now now unfortunately you you have made me wonder what like Mitch McConnell farts smell like. Oh no, that's that's like carrion. That's like something died. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Um, Yikes! And, and did you you know you know in Merry Wives right Falstaff have has to. <laughs> start I've again so, i've talked so much this week start in again right? in merry wives of windsor falstaff has to disguise himself as the fat lady of brentford the witch of brentford yeah yeah that is a reference to a fictional woman named the named jillian of brentford that first appeared in a poem by robert copeland that was printed in 1563 um it it story became fairly ubiquitous in, in low literature, even on stage. But the essential plot is that this widow, Jillian of Brentford, calls a curate to her home in order to make a will in which she bequeaths 26 and a half farts to people who annoyed her. The half a fart was reserved for the curate against whom she'd like clearly taken a dislike. And so this cantankerous farting old lady is the one that's referenced in Merry Wives of Windsor. <laughs> now, really now what did she, did she store these farts in like Mason jars? I maybe, mean, yes, maybe. Yes. I, and how I do you, know. I mean, how, I mean, I can understand, I guess I can understand you open a Mason jar and you fart in it and then, and you, then close you close it up it really, really fast. fast. <laughs> but how, so, I mean, I guess, but how do you do a half a fart? How do you measure that? Well, may maybe it's the timing. If a full fart is like, right, like at least three, and then a half a fart is, okay, <laughs> okay. I guess I just I'm not really. Well, listeners, if you have any ideas about how you can catch a fart in a jar. Please write to us at the dick at gmail.com. Uh, yes, please, please do, because that is something that we definitely need to know. So, okay, I'm imagining that, like, the, these farts in the mason jar, 
like the long, like there's longer and shorter ones, right? Well, so one would for, think, right? That's right. why I thought the short one might be a half a fart. Uh, so also, I think, you know, I have a suspicion we may have talked about this one before, but it's it's a really good one in terms of farting. So I, I and stay with me here. This is an exchange between Owen Glendower and Hotspur in Henry Fourth Part One. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Glendower's bragging and bragging and bragging. And he says at one point, I say the earth did shake when I was born. The heavens were all on fire. The earth did tremble. And Hotspur says, and stay with me because it's a little long. He says, oh, then the earth shook to see the heavens on fire and not in fear of your nativity. Diseased nature oftentimes breaks forth in strange eruptions. Oft the teeming earth is with a kind of colic pinched and vexed by the imprisoning of of unruly wind within her womb. Which for enlargement striving shakes the old beldam earth and topples down steeples and moss-grown towers. At your birth, our grandma earth having this distemperature in passion shook. Which basically He's totally is long- talking about farting. He's saying the earth farted when you were born. That's right. <laughs> in fact, the earth farted so hard that it knocked churches down. So, I, And it makes sense considering their relationship, so. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So... So so that's that's mostly what I have on farts. Um let's let's move forward to pissing, shall we? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I I thought you'd never ask. Well, you know, I I will say that it seems like Elizabethan and early Jacobean English folks of all kinds anyway really weren't ashamed of any kind of their bodily functions. I mean, everybody pooed and peed with or without witnesses, right? Um, but I wanted to talk about Lance's speech. Ah, uh, yes. Well, this is a perfect, actually, this is a perfect transition from farting to pissing. That's right. Uh, because he talks about his dog, Crab, stealing the hostess's dinner right off her plate, farting, and then pissing on a lady's dress. <laughs> so, right. I, you know, I just think and- that's pretty great. And he and he uses the word piss, like when he describes the dog being under the table, a pissing while. That's right. That's right. And then and then in the same speech, the dog farts and he pretends that it was him. And that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good transition. Now, there are a couple of actual references, direct references to piss. Mm -hmm. Uh, For instance, you have. Go ahead. The Tempest. I yeah. Have, oh, yes. You know, Trinculo and, and Stefano, and uh, they say, Monster, I do smell all horse piss, at which my nose is in great indignation. Yeah, that's when, when uh, Ariel has led Stefano and Trinculo into the swamp. That's right. Into the mire, and like they, they walk through piss. That's right. And uh, also in Henry VI, Part Two, Jack Cade says, I charge and command that at the city's cost, the pissing conduit run nothing but claret wine this first year of our reign. Yeah, and the pissing and the pissing conduit was an actual thing in London where people would go to relieve themselves. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, Shakespeare would show. So, so I think this is kind of fun. Like when we take it, what what would be a modern day euphemism for taking a piss, Owen? Uh, taking a leak. Yes, draining exactly. the juice. Taking a leak comes from. Sh- um, that time it's been used as a verb meaning to piss since the 1590s right in act two of henry the fourth part one a carrier exclaims 
why you will allow Nara Lorden, which is a chamber pot, and then we leak in your chimney. Nice. See, so when people are saying I'm taking a leak these days, it's Shakespeare. It's sh- it's Shakespeare talk. You don't even know. That's right. And he also had other phrases for men taking a leak, uh, looking on the hedge or plucking a rose. That's also a euphemism. Oh, yes, for plucking a, a rose. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's another direct reference in uh, Mary Wise of Windsor when uh, when Falstaff says, send me a cool rut time, Jove, or who can blame That's me right. to piss my tallow. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, um, and also, well, yeah, pissing while is, that's the two gents, right? But yeah. there are some, there are some direct references to urine in Shakespeare as well. That's true. Um, so in, for instance, uh, the Porter in the Scottish play yep. describing what, what, what drink can, how drink can affect people. He basically says, Mary, sir, nose painting, sleep and urine or urine are the yeah. three major effects of, uh, of drinking and that, yeah. but there's a direct reference to urine. That's right. Um, yeah. Okay. Shall we move? Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I'm not done with you. I'm not done with, I'm not done with urine. There are, there are, you know, and who who is really, really, Uh, there are two more, two more direct references to urine. Uh, One is from Merchant of Venice when Shylock is. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And, and he, he says he's describing, he's answering why he doesn't want to take the three, the, you know, the 3000 ducats and why he's insisting on his pound of flesh. Uh, and he's describing people who have various foibles. They can't, they don't like this, they don't like that. And at one point he says, and others, when the bagpipe sings in the nose, cannot contain their urine. So, you know, the, people hate bagpipes so much that it makes them piss for some, <laughs> for some reason. I don't really understand why that would happen. I'm actually going to Edinburgh very soon. So I hope this doesn't happen to me, but you never know. Uh, hey, uh, and, and if it does, uh, I'll make sure that you hear about it. Ex- exactly. <laughs> um, and the the only the only other direct reference to urine I can find is in Measure for Measure when Lucy, Lucio is describing uh, Angelo as being so like frigid, basically, right, and right. and he says, but it is certain that when he makes water, his urine is congealed ice. That I know to be true. So, yeah. Shall we move that, on to coming? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm done with pissing, so sure. Oh, good. <laughs> it, it, well, it is the first on our title, but we thought we'd save it. So, you know, we've talked a lot about orgasms uh, on this podcast before, how, um, you know... And why not? That's right. How to die is a euphemism for for having an orgasm mm-hmm. um and there's references to it all through shakespeare uh the first I, I i thought of was the little exchange between ophelia and hamlet and ophelia says you are keen my lord you are keen and you know he takes it uh he's taking it not that he thinks she actually means that but that he's horny and he says it would cost you a groaning to take off my edge mm-hmm. right? so yeah clearly there's that yeah. Uh, now I will leave. I will leave this to you. I'm going to suggest that this has to do with cum. Okay. Uh, Henry in Henry V, when Pistol famously says, "Pistol's cock is up, and flashing fire will follow." What do you think? Uh, it sounds like jizz to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This is why we're friends. <laughs> it does. I mean, yes. now you know. Now here's one. Right. 
that you'd, you'd never think that Shakespeare was making uh, a Latin sex pun here, but Juliet's last words before she dies, she says, oh, happy dagger, and she takes Romeo's dagger. This is thy sheath, and she stabs herself. There rust and let me die. Now, the Latin word for sheath is vagina. Mm-hmm. So we think that she does she is actually he, he well and they the, did have and the, her making a a, a compound well i i think that i mean whether or not it's meant i don't think it's meant to be particularly funny it's, but i no. think that i think it's definitely play on words when you consider a what you've just said b the action of of killing of stabbing yourself to death is penetration right 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 and also she says there rust and let me let me die, which we yeah. know is a euphemism for right. So now let me let me point. It's very interesting that you bring that up because I I have another Juliet one, and again this is not about you know necessarily bodily effluvia, but so this is the way the line is usually presented in uh, the famous speech gallop pace, right? Yeah. Come, come, gentle knight, come, loving black-browed knight, give me my Romeo, and when he shall die, take him and cut him out in little stars, and he will make the face of heaven so fine that all the world will be in love with night and pay no worship to the garish sun. Aha! Uh-huh. But if you look in the folio, and I know how keen you are on the folio, speaking yes, of keen. Yes, I was, yes. Juliet, I'm Juliet, from ear to ear. Juliet does not say, give me my Romeo, and when he shall die... She says, when, when I, I shall, shall die. die. Yes. So, so most people, to most editors change that to he shall die because if you take it literally, it doesn't really make any sense if it's when I shall die. But if she's referring to an orgasm, then it totally makes sense. Which I think she is. Well, and that's in the fucking folio. It's in the fucking folio. So I think that is another clear... And now... Um, you know, you can debate about come gentle knight, come loving black browed knight, but I think that the I, sh- I shall die is the proper reading and that it refers to exactly what we think it refers to. Yes, I completely agree with you. Um, I have another, you know, Claudius in, says to Gertrude at one point when he's leaving, come dot dot dot, come away. And you know they're good, they're going off stage to fuck. I mean, right. why would well, she have married him anyway? Otherwise. I mean, the, those two yeah. get a room is yeah. all I can say. Yeah, get yeah, a throne yeah. room yeah yeah <laughs> now um now one more one more go ahead um so um definitely in much ado when benedict says to uh, uh to beatrice i will live in thy heart die in thy lap and be buried in thy eyes yes yes oh my god yeah, i will i will die in thy lap i mean yes hello yes. hello well i mean let's talk about sonnet 129 owen Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. The expense of spirit. It starts off talking about jizz. Yes. The expense of spirit and a waste, waste of, of shame, shame is, lust is lust in, in action. action. Yeah. So, yeah, and spirit, you know, that's another word for exactly that, right? So, right, right. 100%. I mean, we were talking uh, on a, on one of the pods recently about the, the you know, the dick sonnet. I mean, that's the jizz sonnet. It that we did. It is yeah. <laughs> and Shakespeare's none too happy about it in that sonnet either. No. Um. Um. So uh, here's a little interesting tidbit that I found out that this, there's this guy Richard Burt, uh, who is a, a professor of English at the University of Massachusetts, 
in Amherst. He's the author of a, a book called Unspeakable Shakespeare's, which is about like gender and Shakespeare. But he did a study of, I could not believe this, Owen. He did a study of 1990s pornographic film adaptations of Shakespeare's plays. You know, indeed, like the genre of pornography uh, itself. Mm -hmm. He was really into it, right? Um, the best one is Ass You Lick It. Well, there are, he, in the late 90s, there were films such as A Midsummer Night's Cream, The Taming of the Screw, and Tromeo and Juliet, and that they expressed American ambivalence toward the elite Shakespeare of, like, European literary tradition. He contends that Shakespeare-themed porn films, like other engagements, you know, with Shakespeare in late 20th century American mass media, indulge in both the high culture cachet of Shakespearean literature and the desecration of this literature's integrity. <laughs> so, some people have a lot of time on their hands, is all I can say to a that. A Midsummer Night's Cream. <laughs> I'm telling you, Ass You Lick It is the best one. But you know what? We forgot a major piss reference. We forgot a major one, something that we've mentioned before. In Twelfth Night. Oh, my God, uh, of course. Yeah, oh my yeah, God, yeah. How dumb are Malvolio's reading the letter, right? By my life, this is my lady's hands. Yes. These be her very C's, her U's, and her T's, and thus she makes her great P's. You have the cunt reference and the piss reference in one line. Oh, two for one. <laughs> Yeah, we've we've talked about that one before, which is probably why we forgot it. But that well, I didn't want to let it go. Are we up to vomit yet? Uh, uh, we could. Yeah, we can be up to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're running the gamut here a little bit. Um, there's there's not as much vomiting as you might think there would be. <laughs> I mean, probably the probably the most famous is in uh, Jaquie's Seven Ages of Man. As you lick it. Yeah, and as you lick it. Um, at first, at the, when he's describing the different stages of a, of a man's life, at first the infant mewling and puking in the nurse's arms, which has in fact led to some people thinking that Shakespeare coined the phrase puke, but it isn't true. Yeah, no, he did not. He did not no. invent the term to puke. No, which is a shame because, you know, hey, puke. Yeah. Uh, but, but he did use it. He, he um, did, but, but he probably got it from the Germans have a word for spitting, uh, right. Latin and it's spuking. So right, yeah, yeah. Uh, so in Henry Four Part Two, uh, Archbishop Scroop says, "So now, so so, thou common dog, didst thou disgorge thy glutton bosom of the royal Richard, and now wouldst eat the dead vomit up and house to find it." Yeah, it's a nice image, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Now there's a lot of there's a lot of refer the, the the word vomit appears in Shakespeare a lot, but it doesn't always refer to like actual barf. Sometimes right. it's vomiting it's a lot of, up the maw of whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it can yeah. be it's a lot of times it's figurative, but there's only a few times that it's um that it's literal. Uh Iago, for instance, in Othello, when he's getting uh when he's getting uh what's his ass drunk? Cassio. Uh, he says, why he drinks you with facility, your Dane dead drunk. He sweats not to overthrow your Almain. He gives your Hollander a vomit ere the next bottle. Nice. So there's, there's another reference. And then finally, in Titus Andronicus, uh, Marcus is going on and on and on. Uh, he's, you know, 
every about all the terrible things that have happened. And eventually he says, but like a drunkard, must I vomit them? Then give me leave for losers will have leave to ease their stomachs with their bitter tongues. Nice. So that's another literal reference to actual barf. But I think that's it. Yeah, that's that's all I had. Um, I did find some fun going back to the, the to the orgasm section. I did find some fun euphemisms that he used for <laughs> vaginas and penises. Would you like to hear those? <laughs> or shall I shall I speak them over for and our over listeners? and a, <laughs> over and above what we've already talked about? I'm all ears. So some euphemisms that he used for vagina were bird's nest, box unseen, <laughs> which makes me laugh, crack, <laughs> flower, forfended place, hole, nest of spicery, the Netherlands, O, just by itself, Pillacock Hill, Salmon's Tail, Secret Parts, Venus's Glove, Withered Pear, and Wound. And then some... And also, the, the domains that they're adjacent lie. That's right. That's right. To the quivering thigh. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some... I, thought, I thought Pillacock <laughs> sat on Pillacock Hill was about a dick, though. That's from King Lear. Yeah. Right. That's Edgar. No, Pillicock's Pillicock's Well Pillicock is the penis. Hill, the mound, the right. vaginal mound, that's the vagina. So Pillicock is the penis. Oh, okay. Pillicock Hill oh, is I the see. vagina. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I just I because I always thought, well, that's interesting because now I now I reading that in a different way, it means copulation, but right. I always thought it just meant an erection. But you know, See, you can learn something new every day, kids. Every fucking day. <laughs> and some of the so euphemisms about penises. We... Wait, I have my pe- Let's give equal time to the dick. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, the penis list. Oh, my God. What am I What am I thinking? Bugle. Dart of love, which I like. Instrument. Little finger. I wonder how that, that refers to uh, Game of Thrones, right? Um, oh, sure. Loins, pizzle, prick, potato finger, thorn, and ye old tool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Willie shakes. All right, so I guess all so, we have all we have left, right, is like the oozing things, like you know. Oh well, no, 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 no. Well, I'll let you. You, you have some oozing things, right? Like, I do, because I, I couldn't. I don't have any. You have shitting things. A little bit, not yeah, much. Yeah, I have some oozing things. Um, so, you know, there's that that famous uh, um, paragraph. King Lear is talking to his daughter Goneril, you know, and says to her, "Thou art a boil, a plague sore, an embossed carbuncle." Um, so that's one in King John Constance says she cannot love a man full of unpleasing blots and sightless stains patched with foul moles and eye offending marks. And then there's a curse in Coriolanus, uh, promising blemishes and hate. It goes boils and plagues plaster you or that you may be aboard. Um, there well, are, f- and yeah, I think you were going to say the fistula 
the famous fistula well, in All's yes. Well That Ends Well. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Yeah. Um, you want to has... describe that for, for our friends? Sure. So uh, uh, the king in uh, All's Well That Ends Well has a fistula on his butt, um, which kind of explains Lavache's weird buttock jokes, right, in, in Act 2, Scene 2. Um, uh, but the king's disease is really disgusting. The the fistula is so painful that the king can't even walk, and he has to be carried around on a padded chair. So uh, an anal fistula was very yeah. well known to the lay public in Shakespeare's time. And also, here here was something interesting. Shakespeare might have known of the this like famous anal fistula treatise of John Ardern. Who was an ancestor on his mother's side? I'm sorry. Can you say that one more time? The famous what? <laughs> the famous anal fistula treatises, you know, treating of John Ardern, who was an ancestor on Shakespeare's mother's side. See, the famous anal fistula treatise of John, whatever his name is, sounds like Ardern. a seven, like sounds like a seventies folk band to me. <laughs> You know, what is it, my good lord? The king languishes of a fistula, my lord. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, and of course it it conjures up images of fisting for me. Of course, of course, and I mean, like you know, there's like in venereal diseases all over Shakespeare. The fifty-five lines in Measure for Measure, sixty-one in Troilus and Cressida, sixty-seven in Time and of Athens, all allude to venereal disease. So by the by the way, speaking of those porno films, it isn't Shakespeare related, but did you ever see Schindler's Fist? No, but you've told mm -hmm. me about it. <laughs> and the best tagline of all time the fist is life. <laughs> okay. It's a little a little uh, departure there. Oh um, my god. So what do you have? And then I just have so, I have that really interesting little uh thing about <laughs> monkeys. Well, well, and I'll let you end I'll let you end with that cuz I really don't have all that much. There's surprisingly little about actual shit in Shakespeare. There's yeah. a there's very very little minimal references to shit. Uh and this is there's one pun in The Merry Wives of Windsor when Dr. Caius, the French doctor, is uh, like there's going to be a hunting party, then two of the guys are leaving. And the tagline as he leaves is, if there'll be one or two in the party, I shall make a deterred. <laughs> and it is written T-U-R-D. Yeah, literally. So, yeah. Now, literally. this is this is not quite as much as like Ben Johnson in Bartholomew Fair having a character whose catchphrase is turd in your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> But it's still, it's a turd reference. The only other thing that I could find, and it is only, by the way, it isn't a direct reference to shit, but in King Lear, when Kent is berating uh, uh, Oswald, he says, my lord, if you'll give me leave, I will tread this unbolted villain into mortar and daub the wall of a Jake's with him. And a Jake's is a shithouse. That's right. That's right. So uh even though it's not a direct reference to actual excrement, um, although you know what we forget that there is that line in uh, in in Love's Labor's Lost when Don Armado describes him as playing with the, the he allows the king to play with his excrement. Oh, right. Now 
he means he means his beard. He means I know, hair. But it's pretty funny. But it's pretty funny. I you know he played with my excrement. Always amuses me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and by the way, people in Elizabethan England, people did not just throw their shit out the window because if it stayed below them, they would have to smell it. And in fact, there were fines that would that could be levied against citizens who metaphorically or literally <laughs> created a stink that inconvenienced their neighbors. Oh. Well, I, I think we've talked about this on yeah. another pod, but if yeah. we haven't, it's worth it's a worth the discussion. There was a whole industry that yeah. carted away what was known as night soil, um, which was, you know, you can imagine how much of it there must have been. And yeah. there was like whole little like town sized lots where the shit from people's houses was taken. And the people that worked the night soil workers were like looked down on like they were almost subhuman for doing that job. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't I'm so I don't want that job. I don't want that job. I'm sorry. Um, So there was this there was this study done. This is so fucking weird. Dermatologists, British dermatologists um, did a study that they said Shakespeare is to blame for our modern day obsession with clear skin. Because his plays are so full of insults related to skin disease, right? Like the Lear thing I said about thou art a boil of plagues or an embossed carbuncle, a pox upon him, like was a phrase that was used throughout the centuries, right? The thing I said about Constance, the 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 curse in Coriolanus, you know? And also, mm-hmm. you know, in Shakespeare's time, London was rat infested, it had open sewers, you know? Disease was rife. Everybody had carbuncles and shankers and all of that kind of stuff. Not everybody I, agrees with it, but I thought it was I thought it was amusing. I I can't even imagine what London smelled like then. Oh no. Oh my god. Um and then the the only other thing I wanted to point out was, you know, I was thinking about poop and Shakespeare and I put in poop and Shakespeare and this really has nothing to do with the topic, but it was so amusing that I thought I had to bring it up. Apparently, so I put in poop in Shakespeare. So this article came up um, from the Washington Post in 2016 called What Twitter, Shakespeare and Monkeys Have in Common. Right. Monkeys throw in their poop. Right. Well, apparently Twitter and Shakespeare's Globe Theater in 2016 partnered to prove the infinite monkey theorem, which is a theorem that states that monkeys infinitely typing at random could eventually recreate the complete works of William Shakespeare. Uh, The project uses a machine to capture the random keystrokes of one group of monkeys, right? So in the Globes Theatre in London, in the lobby, a typewriter was hooked up to a mass of wires to a computer that combs Twitter looking for tweets that contain certain words. Um... The concept behind the theorem is that given infinite time and random sequencing, the emergence of something coherent is statistically highly probable. But when they put the thing in with the monkeys, there was a lot of shit throwing, a lot of pissing, and a lot of A's for some reason. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, you go, Twitter and Globe Theater. Yeah, that, that, that is all I have. I, I have I can't top that. I think I think we, we have come to an end. Ha 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 Oh end end ha 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 Oh my goodness. 
well, you guys, we actually have something very exciting to tell you. Um, we hit 10,000 downloads this week, we did which indeed. is really exciting. And had not only our best download month, but our best single download day. And it is because of you guys. Yes, and we thank are you. incredibly thank you. Thank grateful. You. So keep listening. Yes, and please tell all your friends about it. Anybody who wants to talk about shit and piss and poop and also other serious things. <laughs> and and if we miss any podcast, of these references, of course, write to us at thebardcastudick at gmail.com or visit our website at www.thebardcastudick.com and where you can subscribe and get swag from our from our from our vaults. That's you right. Also On PayPal or Patreon.com. That is correct. You can also patronize our uh, our charities, the Actors Fund and Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS, two very very worthy causes. Um, yeah, <laughs> I guess we'll see. <laughs> I got nothing else. And remember, it's, it's Shakespeare. Shakespeare. You dick. The preceding podcast was a production of Country Matters, LLC, copyright 2022, all rights reserved.